For our conversation this morning, we're joined by Dr. Linda Ngubengomu, who's the Chief Executive Officer of the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. Uh, Dr. Ngubengomu, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy, and thank you for having me on the show, and good morning to your listeners, too. Ntabi Ramotwala is an educational psychologist. Ntabi, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. So I deliberately started off by playing just some of the views that we've had expressed over this issue of corporal punishment, regardless of how long this debate has been taking place for, or even the progress in as far as the laws and the illegality around corporal punishment hitting of children. The views that some South Africans have, have simply not changed. Do you think that what we see in the school, and if we take the view that schools are a microcosm of society, that they very much reflect what is happening in society, that the issue around corporal punishment is not changing because by and large, South Africans don't truly believe that it is wrong to be hitting their children. Dr. Ngomu? I think if I, uh, um, Kathy, before I start, congratulations on your babies and all the best with the sleepless nights. Um, I think what we are seeing, like you say, the school is a microcosm of, uh, is, is a small piece of what we're seeing in greater society. And the question that um, we should be asking ourselves is, have we taken time to look at, one, the effects, the long-term effects of corporal punishment, whether it's done at home or in the school, and two, look at other ways of disciplining, because corporal punishment is being used as a disciplinary tool. So is inflicting pain, physical pain, an effective way of uh, disciplining that does not build long-term emotional scars? And have we positioned it against other forms and come out of disciplining and come out saying it is totally the best way? Or have we just defaulted into what we know, we know and how we were disciplined as being the way it should be? And, and you would have already heard some of the arguments in those voice notes, right? Um, our listeners saying, well, we were disciplined, you know, with the stick and we turned out just fine. Those that are seemingly spoken to were forms of what um, in modern day we call, you know, gentle parenting um, is, is concerned. That those, that they have seemingly had, had worse outcomes. That That, of course... Is anecdotal, but but it is a view that that is held. Absolutely, and the question becomes: Have we turned out fine? So the violence, uh, the violence method of um, the discipline that was perpetrated upon us, can we really say that we turned out fine? We've got no trauma when we're disciplining our children. We're doing it as an act of love versus an act of anger. Are those questions that if we were really sitting in a reflective mode, we could happily say, you know what, I'm not an angry person. 
um, this is the absolutely best way that could be done. And when I use whatever I is I do to administer corporal punishment, it's never a reaction that's coming out of anger and frustration. Those are the conversations, Kathy, that I think we should, we really need to be honest with ourselves about mm. when we're having conversations around corporal punishment. And I think I also want to emphasize one point, Kathy, that when I'm talking about corporal punishment, I'm not saying we should not discipline our children. I am saying violence is not the way to go about it. Because at the end of the day, a child should feel safe and protected in in whichever environment they are in. And when a child has been hit or screamed at or whatever, can that child really say, I feel safe in this environment, in this home, in this school? Or are we creating those unsafe environments through physical discipline that make them pick guns and knives and whatever else to school to protect themselves from the harm that they get inflicted on by adults? So I think there's a lot of things that we need to reflect on and have honest conversations with um, as South African parents and caregivers. Ntabi, when I think about this conversation, I I imagine that one needs a a, a set of tools, right? You can Mm -hmm. only work with what is in your toolbox. And so I I do think that there are tools that, that we need just generally in order to look at the the conversation differently. So, um, you know, Aslinda will talk about the fact that can we say that people who were, you know, spanked, that they have turned out better um, if we're having an honest conversation. But what are the tools that we need in order to, to navigate this conversation in a way that can help perhaps see how alternative forms of discipline can be effective? Um, Kathy, I start off by saying in order for any parent or any adult or any caregiver to have the right to punish a child, they must actually earn the right to love them first. So if you don't love somebody, it becomes difficult for you to discipline them with love. It now becomes punishment. Even in the way we say it, it's corporal punishment. It's not corporal discipline. So if we discipline from love, it changes the whole equation completely. But if you do it out of punishment and out of anger and out of all the other ill emotions that we have within ourselves, then it becomes punishment and the intention doesn't... uh, doesn't sit well with the children. So it's important firstly to start off by saying, why do we do it? Do we have the right to punish the child? Are we doing it from the right uh, point of, of love or of fear or of, of hate? Are we doing it for the right reasons? And is it, is it directly proportional to the wrong that is being uh, punished for? You know, Because most of the time you find that a child is punished for just a small thing, and the punishment is just bigger than what the the, 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 the the wrongdoing is. So there are a lot of factors that should be taken into consideration when punishment is instilled on a child. However, there are also other ways of punishing children, not only corporal. Um, it may have worked 
for, for, for other generations. It may have worked for previous generations, but probably the circumstances around doing it was different and were different as compared to what is happening now. So is there any way that you can change to uh, in terms of how we look at it, in terms of what, how we look at the wrongdoing that the children do, or in terms of why we do it. So we need to start off there. What is so different, Ntabi, between then and now? Uh, um, I think a lot of things are different. Remember, in the past, um, there was no social media, there was no other forms of communication between children and the world. So everything that happens around us, every child has access to it. Secondly, most of the children have cell phones. Whatever happens in the schools, they record. So whether you are doing punishment out of love as a teacher, that thing will be uh, on the social platform within seconds and it's trending. And once it's trending, it now becomes a negative thing that, oh, the teacher is punishing a child for the wrong reason. Thirdly, because our parents or us as parents went through proper punishment, our attitude changed. We promised ourselves that we will never punish our children like mm-hmm. that. And as we promised our ch- ourselves that we will never punish our children like that, we then didn't have to develop alternative ways of punishing them because we didn't know what alternative ways can be. And secondly, we didn't even know if we punish, what intentions are we punishing for what outcomes are we expecting? And we don't even have consistency to punish children in a manner that they know, if I break a cup, this is how I'm going to punish. We change all the time. We punish this way today, tomorrow we ground, uh, the next day we scream at the child, the other day we don't give food. So we are not consistent. So the things that change is that consistency and the fact that we also feel that we don't have authority over our children. The government is giving us laws that sometimes disempower parents. You want to punish your child in a certain way, but because you don't understand how deep and how far wide are the laws that are executed against us will apply to us, we then don't, don't become authoritative in terms of how we take control in terms of punishment. So it's a lot of factors that affect parents in the in the present day as compared to parents in the past days. If if I can maybe ask about the alternative ways, because you point to that mm-hmm. as, as being a problem, that on the one end you take out um, something that people have been using, but mm-hmm. the, the, the education around what are the alternatives is, mm-hmm. is limited. So, so as far as you're concerned, what are the alternative ways of discipline that have worked, that parents and that teachers, most importantly, can be looking at? You know, the, the interesting part is that um, if you're a teacher, you have 20 students in a class or 20 learners in your class. All of them are different. And all of them being different, they all come with their different backgrounds and different values that come from their families. Whatever families believe in will affect how the child interacts with other children in their class and how they receive your punishment as a teacher. So the first thing that you do, you educate children about behavior and punishment and behavior and reward. That if you do these things correctly, this is the reward I will give you. But if you do this thing wrongly or you behave in a wrong way in my class, this is a punishment that will be 
executed against you. So negotiating terms in terms of punishment and recruitment is a step, is the first step. Secondly, understanding the children. There are children who do well with punishing by by withdrawing certain benefits. For instance, if they're supposed to go for lunch, you say you are going for detention because you didn't do well. It may work well for one child, but for the other child, it may, it may not work well. Understand the dynamics around that. So it may be different things. So much as you may say, these are the methods of punishment for children. Also understand which methods work for which children and which method works for what kind of um, behavior that is being corrected. So no different ways. It, it may be detention. It may be withdrawal of benefits. It may be withdrawal of, of attention instance. It may be um, punishment. What do they call it? Pun uh, punishment corner where you send a child to some corner where they're not supposed to interact with other children. It may be withdrawal in terms of not attending certain events in the school that you know children like uh, and not attending things that activities that other children are attending and the child is not allowed to attend so as a school or as a teacher you may be creative around ways of punishing a child and the other most important thing communication you communicate to a child why you are punishing them for a certain behavior um why you do what you do and do it from a position of authority do it from a position of love you are not doing it from a position of anger and the fact that you are an adult and you're a teacher so therefore you have a right to punish your child but if you do it from a position of love and a position of of, of, of authority and a position of understanding i understand that you didn't do your homework unfortunately not doing your homework doesn't correspond to what you expect of you as a child you are therefore going to be punished in this manner and sometimes getting the lowest mark can be punishment on its own in relation to what the child has done so understanding your children i believe will be the biggest and the first biggest start for is, any is, teacher is, is in this, any school is, is this realistic though when we're looking mm. at a public education system that on mm. average is sitting with 40 learners in a class and and, yeah. and and 40 really being the bare minimum in many instances. Yes. Well, well, it may be realistic in manageable numbers. However, in most schools, you know, you know, a lot of schools, as, as most parents have just said, we grew up with corporal punishment and it was not about 20 students in a class. We used to be about 40, 50, 60 learners in a class. But a teacher would be able to control and manage the number of, of learners in the class. Now, currently, because of what is happening in terms of our education system, it becomes difficult. It becomes difficult to manage a big number in a class. It becomes difficult to punish a big number in a class. Hence, I said consistency is important. If a child knows that if I do X, I will be punished in a particular manner, then they know what they expect in terms of the consequences of their behavior. So yes, it may be realistic and to some instances where punishment is not supported by um, explanation, is not supported by the school, is not supported by the parents, then it becomes realistic.
unrealistic a bit. All right. That is educational um, psychologist Ntabi Ramotwala. We're going to leave it there with her for this morning, but we'll continue the conversation with Dr. Linda Ngube Ngomo, who is the CEO of the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. Lots of your WhatsApp uh, messages on this very issue. I'll play some of those in a moment. It's time for your latest headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're looking at the issue of corporal punishment, I think more specifically uh, within schools, but the broader conversation really is around what are the, the tools that um, parents and teachers are using to discipline um, minors that are in their care. And we're seeing this, of course, translate into 84% of learners who say that they've experienced corporal punishment in within the school environment. And we know that corporal punishment has been outlawed since 1997. It's been outlawed, and yet it continues unabated. Uh, Dr. Linda Nubengomo is on the line, and she's helping us navigate our way through this conversation. One of the things that that you've said, um, Dr. Ngomo, is that you're surprised by the fact that there isn't outrage over these these figures. It is very surprising that there is no outrage around these figures. And 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 Kathy, as I've been reflecting upon the the lack of outrage, as well as the your the, um, earlier conversation uh, with Ntabi, you know, one of the questions that I asked myself is, to what extent have parents outsourced the raising of their children to to teachers? So Ntabi was talking about essentially boundaries being set in the classroom. But the question that I would ask is, when we're setting boundaries in the classroom, are we setting boundaries for children who are coming from homes where boundaries around what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior have been set? Or are children expected to run wild at home, whatever that would look like, but when they come to the classroom, um, a teacher is then expected to set boundaries that they can adhere to. So at the end of it all, my question is, what's happening in the home? Because that's where it all starts. Are children being told that these are the non-negotiables? Respect is a non-negotiable. Um, being able to master your emotions and being able to communicate using words rather than fist is a non-negotiable. So are those the things that we are setting up as the ground or foundation in our homes? Or is there none of that at home that we're expecting teachers to do that for us? Because I really feel that we've outsourced the parenting of our children to schools, to government, to everybody else, but as the parents and the caregivers. And that's why when they get to school, they cannot take an instruction from a teacher who is an other, uh, um, a figure of authority because at home there is none of that. I want to play some of the voice notes that are being sent through um, to the show on this on this conversation, and and I think they really highlight just what what what, what the views what the views are. Of, of of parents and how parents approach this conversation too. Hi, good day. With regards to uh, corporal punishment uh, and it being the, the, the law, 
Uh, I can understand when it comes to schools, yes, I wouldn't want any any teacher uh, disciplining my kid in that way. But uh, when it comes to the home, when the government starts paying for my child's education, clothing, uh, food, entertainment, then they can tell me how to discipline my child at home. Thank you very much. Hi, Katie. For me, corporal punishment is a good thing. We are what we are today because of corporal punishment. So let us leave the, the children of our, the teacher of our children, let us allow them to punish our children in order to brighten their futures. It's a good thing for me. So little Good morning, Katie. It's here in Cape Town. Katie, if we can't punish our kids, so the kid now gonna start punishing us. It's gonna be opposite. Because now a kid can do anything knowing that if my father or my, my parents do this, I'll get them arrested. Katie, they might just open, create more jails, more things to put parents inside there. So the government also must be prepared to look after those kids when we are in jail. I will never allow my son or my daughter to misbehave in my place because I'm doing that with love. Even the Bible allows us to punish them. It's not an abuse. It's not an abuse, Katie. That's why we have so much criminal today. We have so much a ruling kid. They don't respect each other, they don't respect anyone because the government deprive us parents for punishing them. I will punish my kid, open the jail, you're gonna put us there. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, Osketi, Fred the on SAFM we talk and talk and talk. But at home, just a little bit of belt nyana will, will do the the, 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 the the magic. Just a little bit of belt nyana. The police won't arrest you for beating your child. They are beating their child, putting them in the straight path. Asketi, you will see, the boys are growing, the twins are growing. You will see, talking won't help. Talk, we do it on SAFM. But at home, a little bit of uh, uh, Beltiniana who do the magic. Good morning, Asketi. Hi, Kete. It's Brian here. My comment on uh, discipline. Discipline is how when a parent lays a foundation at an early age, you must know how your kids behave and you must know how to control their behavior. Don't put pressure on them. Uh, beating and abuse, it's whereby the parent is too busy. He doesn't understand how the kids play. He doesn't understand the pressure of the kids to them. When you are too busy for the kids, when you try to control them, you end up beating them. But discipline, you know the foundation. You know what's wrong, what's right. Uh, then beating, you don't know the side of the story. You just end up abusing them. That's why you end up having those kids who are stubborn in school, we are stubborn to other kids. We end up being abusers or we end up being bullied at school because the way how we discipline our kids we are failing to lay a foundation brand map by Project Land. You know, Dr. Linda, based on what our listeners are saying, I wonder if the reason why corporal punishment seems to be the go-to is that it seems to be what people 
know and and what they understand mm. and what they see as as effective Kathy I totally agree with you as I as I was listening to the voice notes I was thinking oh there's the answer to Kathy's question why is there no outrage and I think it's it's really speaking to the fact that as parents we have defined discipline as corporal punishment um, and and normalized it. So what is happening to our children at school is is become is normal, is what we expect. And and I guess that's why there's a lack of outrage. But the question that I'm asking myself is if you as a parent, I think one of the parents was a bit this, if you as a parent find it totally unacceptable that somebody would raise their hand to your child, why is it that why is that form of discipline acceptable to you? Because if you as a if a, if a parent heard that a child was put in a naughty corner, they wouldn't go into an uproar about it. Or a child had their cell phone withdrawn, they wouldn't go into an uproar about it. But if they heard that a child was smacked, and that causes uproar. Surely that should ask the question, why have I got this internal, this struggle of somebody else can't do it? And, and is that then not the, the answer that the reason it would make me upset for my child to be smacked by another person is because it's not right. Therefore, it should not be right when I do it. So yeah, Kathy, human behavior is always interesting, but um, I think to, to answer the question, we've normalized it in our homes. We think it's the only way to do it, and anything else must take the high way. Yeah, and, and I don't get the sense necessarily that um, you have a lot of parents out there that are against teachers um, taking on this form of, of disciplining, at least not based on, on what some of the interaction has been so far. I, I want to play this voice note um, uh, that, that, that has an experience of, of a parent um, who, who I'm not sure that his child um, may have been beaten at school, but, but let's listen to what he has to say. Good morning, Kathy and your guests and fellow listeners. Just last week, I lashed out on the school principal for beating my child. And then it turns out that the child is not doing assignments at school and is being rude to educators and the other kids. And then I had to apologize to the principal and ask him to continue doing whatever he's doing to take corrective measures on the kids. The kids are, are, are for the parents at home and they are for the school and the school management at school. We must not interfere as long as it is constitutionally done and it's not a punitive action that is damaging to the child. It must happen. Corporal punishment must continue. Anonymous. Oh, Kathy, I moved Morning, that. Kathy. It sounded like there was a lot of wind. So, so basically he's saying that he um, just last week had gone to the school principal uh, to shout at him for having beaten his child. And when he heard that his child wasn't doing homework, was being unruly, was disturbing other kids, he then apologized to the principal and told the principal that actually you can continue um, hitting my child because his behavior is unacceptable. Do what you need to do in order to, to get him to fall in line. Hmm. Just, Kathy, 
I'll still take it back to the home. Let me just share with you, if you don't mind, in a few minutes, in a situation that happened with a family that I'm very close to. Uh, the parents were called to the school, the child is misbehaving, and, and the parents must take control. And the parents go home, and the father does not beat up this child, but has a screaming match at this child. And because it's a family that I'm very close to, I know that they are very um, dysfunctional behaviors that are carrying on in that home between the parents. And so the boy is playing out at school um, the anger and the frustration that he is feeling in the home set up. And, and the, when I was talking to the mother, I said to her, as long as there's dysfunction in the home and there's no boundaries in the home, we cannot expect children to then go out as children who feel safe and protected and behave out of a context of I'm safe, I'm protected, I don't need to do anything that will uh, require that uh, brings attention on me and the behavior that I'm, I'm using is a negative behavior. So I will constantly, const I'm going to die on the mountain of what's going on at home that's making our children go out behave that way. Yeah. As parents, are we monitoring that homework is being done? For example. Mm, mm. Yeah, look, I, I think that it's been very interesting to, see, to hear the views of 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 our listeners on this conversation and even just the fact that um you know spanking the child is the immediate form of of discipline i think that that's where the real attention needs to go how are we equipping how are we empowering people with alternatives so that there's a lot more in that toolbox that they that they can be looking at when it comes to effecting discipline. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of uh, the conversation for this morning. Thank you to uh, Dr. Ngomu and Ntabi Ramotwala for their contributions. This is where we also come to the end of the talking point for this Thursday. We're back with you again tomorrow. Of course, we leave you, as always, with a book reading. SABC2 brings you scintillating.